everybody. Yeah. Hey, what's up? All right. What up? Super excited for tonight. Andy, I cannot wait to get Word. this Word. season started. Season five kicked off. I'm super excited. I don't know how Word. you're um, started, so I think you wanted to get right to it. Um, yeah, um, I guess if you want to be in charge of... No, I don't want to be in charge the, What the heck? Uh, you want to be in charge of, like, um, I'll tell people, hey, we're live, blah, blah. Um, okay, I'm, anyway. I'm sending, out the, I'm sending out the call right now, Andy. Telling all the friends. Oh, my goodness. To come on down. All right, cool. So, what's up, everybody that just joined in? Hope everyone's doing okay. So, um, we're on a new season, season number five. That can we got to five seasons. That's pretty cool. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, this is the first episode of season five, and um, so little by little, uh, it's a progression of growth. Uh, so before, oh uh, God, okay. So before we get into anything, this is an episode where we're reflecting. As you can see, everybody that was tagged in red are people who um, were pretty much the guest of season four. So that's going to be very, very interesting. Um, so let's see how, let's see what, um, yeah, let's see how this goes. Um, yeah, um, we're also doing DMing pieces. So if you guys want to DM pieces to us, probably on the second hour or so, that's fine as well. Um, so we'll start with one thing. Um, how was your weekend? And then I'll tell you how my weekend was. Well, um, I don't know if you saw my stories, but Sunday night, I drove two and a half, uh, not quite two and a half hours. It's only two and about a quarter hours uh, away from where I live. I went to since, uh, I went to Columbus, and I went and saw a concert. I saw a band called Cold, but there were a couple other opening acts, one being Divide the Fall, which um, I shot my shot. They said they'll join us sometime. We'll have to email them and See that really does happen, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I saw that. That's awesome. Them, um, it's because in their show they talked about how they were doing it themselves. They all had real jobs and they weren't on a label and they were kind of putting it out themselves, which kind of reminded me of us and what we're doing and a lot of our guests, um, what they were doing this season. And and we're gonna uh, kind of recap all the incredible things that came out both. Um, through our conversations and also things that you can purchase and buy and support as a, support as a Sorry, I'll shallow the volume. Because I think um, before we get started, I know the mission for this whole thing was that we wanted to showcase everybody's work and, and how can people get access to that. And people have been so gracious as to join us and to have conversations with us and, and be vulnerable and open. We've had a lot of incredible conversations this season, but yeah. that's not what we're doing right now. You just asked about my weekend. Anyway, so I drove. I, I also, Andy, I saw my best friend from high school. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen her in so long. It's incredible. We are like twins, identical twins, separated at birth from college. Like I haven't, I've seen okay. her maybe four, five times since uh, since high school. But every time I see her, it's like we're the exact same person. We have this exact same vices and the exact same philosophy, and we just have the exact same fun, kick-ass time having a, a ball that's together. good that's good that's like the that's like the sister you you never have pretty much right well i have a couple of sisters so i won't say that Andy, but you know what but, i mean yeah. but in i guess that twin sister you never had oh the identical twin sister i never had yeah i don't have any identical twin sisters 
All right, cool. Um, so how was nice your weekend? I will say this. I did not, I, so I left her house after midnight, and I didn't get back home until after 2 in the morning, and I couldn't sleep. So I definitely pulled an all-nighter because I like to live like that. I'm a, a perpetual college student. That's how I like to live my life, Andy. And uh, I still do it, yeah. 40 years old and I still pull all-nighters, you know? Hey, listen, awesome. I think they say you start life at 40, which <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, my sister's kind of in the same boat. Um, she's already gone through, like, a divorce and everything. Mm -hmm. So she um, literally was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm 40. Well, she's a little bit older than I am. But she's mm -hmm. A little older than 40, obviously. But, you know, baby, yeah, I'm the day. youngest of... I'm the youngest of three kids. Yes. For everyone that just joined, welcome, welcome. So before we get into anything, um, there is something I do want to address. Nothing too crazy. Because um, it's that weekend. So um, so during the weekend, uh, there's been, there were pretty much some mishap that happened on the last live. Uh, pretty much an innocent situation. Nothing too crazy. But, you know, due to the nature of it, um, you know, Know, there were some people that were upset by certain things. Um, like I said, I'm just generalizing it because I don't like—I don't want to call people out. I don't like to mention names and stuff like that. So that's why I'm generalizing it as much as possible. And I want to share that. I, I want to show that respect to everybody. Um, just know that, you know, you know, whatever happened this past weekend and everything that happened on the live, um, no malice was ever meant for. Um, I want Baybay to be made sure that anything we do and everything we do is to provide the safe space. And I think at the end of the day, what it all comes down to is, you know, I think maybe we might have failed at that part. Maybe we didn't realize it, um, although it was an innocent situation. But at the end of the day, um, I do want to apologize for anyone that was affected by the situation. Um, what it all comes down to, it was a giant misunderstanding. Uh, some things could have been prevented more than others. But it is what it is, and I just wanted to share that respect to those who are affected by it, because um, this podcast got affected by it, and certain poets did get affected by it, and, you know, I just wanted to send out my apologies, so I sincerely apologize for that. Um, and it's good, I, I guess, I just that, saying that itself, um, you know, just owning up to, okay, hey, listen, there was a mistake that happened, it's fine, no big deal now, um, everything was water underneath the bridge now. Um, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's like I said, like what we would say, oh, what we talked about earlier as well is that this is a first episode of reflection. Um, it's still a learning process. Uh, we are still growing. We're still trying to find structure. And during those times of structure, you're going to go through stuff. You're going to go through growing pains. Um, you're going to upset some people. You're going to get criticism and stuff. And there's going to be situations that people are not always going to agree with. And that's okay. And I'm okay with being open about that. I'm okay with, you know, as long as there's no, hey, name calling this or name calling that. Because, like, that's why I'm keeping it as general as possible. Because there's been other situations in the past with other communities and other things that things have happened. So I think it's important to understand that, hey, um, it's a safe space here. Um and yeah, that's all I can say about that. So for those who are affected by that, I sincerely apologize. Um, I already spoke to certain people already, so they know I'm doing this, so it's fine. So um, now we're going to move forward. Mm -hmm. And speaking of reflection, yeah. uh, we are going to um, talk about 
how this all started. Recap it all, buddy. You. I know. Yes, and it starts it? with you. So, Andy, I do have the set list for set season four um, that we're going to go through kind of briefly. And tonight is not really. Where's my caper? I didn't get. That. I did. So, I emailed it to you. Um, but anyways, um, tonight oh, is be a okay. Chitty chatty, but we do want to share some cool stories that maybe you guys are aware of, or some funny behind the scenes that happened along the way. But season four started with a pre-recorded episode where Andy, I don't know why the heck you would actually invite me of all people to join you okay. for the season opener. So what the heck happened? Season one, uh, four, episode one, I get to be pre-recorded interviewed by the Andy Morales, and it was super incredible. So. Okay, so this goes, oh, okay, so I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible, but in a way that it makes sense. So it's interesting because I don't remember how I came across your page. Um, this particular page has been through a lot, right? Um, this was originally Jamdom Now. That was my original handle. And from there, it became a community page. And then it went from Jam Them Down to Jam Them Sessions Live to Ink Sessions Live, where it was a group of us. And, you know, pretty much, I, I did say before, um, when Ink Sessions Live took place, that was the beginning of the end, pretty much. Um, yeah. So, and it's so funny because even when I started doing the solo with my podcast, I was inviting guests over. I was reading poetry. But it just wasn't as fun like it just wasn't there it was just like okay like you know this is what it is and i was just i, I went on a hiatus for a little bit with the podcast and what ended up happening was i was just scroll i said and i was even talking i was like lord i, I want to do something with this i think there is something missing i don't know what so when I was talking to Leon, because I said, Leon, what do you, you want to, you want to be part of my co-host? Let's do it. And then, you know, now we were trying to find strategy on how to do it. So we did record another episode where it was me and him and where we were recapping 2020 and how we met. And I came across your post on New Year's Eve. And I'm actually going to read it because this is actually what started Unraveled Influence, which is pretty interesting. I absolutely cannot take another truly terrible, soul-crushing year. For me right now, this is my commitment to find out what to focus on and to grind it out full force right now as we break into 2023. Here is to finally figuring it all out, perhaps putting something professionally together. Besides, this might be my last chance to do something with myself. I can't take another stagnant, suffocating year. Figuring it out creatively because um, this must be it. Next steps. Any ideas? I'm taking a shot no matter what. No more fucked up or shitty years. I hope everyone feels the same. A.M. Alright, so I came across this and I'm like, damn, but you know what, Lord? That's exactly how I feel. Like, this is how I feel. Like, oh, like, that's exactly how I feel about this podcast. So I'm just like, okay, like, you know, we're, we're learning. We're, we're, trying to, we're trying to put things together. I'm having this conversation. I say, you know what? Let me hit, I don't know. Something just told me, like, let me hit you up. I don't know why. And it's interesting to me that, um, you know, 
like we we just had we just start it started with a conversation. I said, "Hey, how would you like to be a guest?" That's pretty much how the thing started. So we had our conversation. Um, yeah, we did have some audio issues. That's glitch number one. Fun fact, by the way, because <laughs> it kept on echoey and all this other stuff. So I had to do a lot of adjustment audios, which is you know that's the crazy so part many about. Gaps. So many gaps. Yes, yeah, so that's number one. Yeah. That's glitch number one. So with um, all that, just having that conversation with you, I was, I was talking to Leon too. I said, yo, like, like you know, after I think we did the Gladden episode. Yeah, that's right and after that. Then, right after that. Is and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was me and Leon too. And I said, yo, like, during that time, I said, Leon, what do you think about Angela? I think she has something. I don't know what it is. I, 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 said, I don't know what it is. But it's something about this woman. I, I think we could get her on. I think we can do something. I don't know what it is, but let let let's see. You know what happens. So that's when you and I had the conversation, and it's so interesting because you didn't really join join until I think um we had um Arthur. Yep. Um, the first time, until, and that's when you actually joined in. Yeah, the episode five. That's episode five because we're gonna kind of. Read some poetry along the I've way. I've been to that. In a moment, yes. For sure. But yeah, the, I so episode one, I got interviewed, and it just kicked off super cool. Great vibe. We had a great conversation. Uh, and then again, you asked me two days before. Um, we actually filmed for the filmed for the Arthur uh, J. Wilhelm first episode, and that was a Thursday. And I was in Chicago for a teacher conference thing. So, like, I know. I remember. I yes. Because I'm like, I don't know. You can do this, Angela. You can do this, and so it, we did it. Yeah, I had to break you out of your shell. So, but let's get break, to it. Speaking of breaking out of, sh- yeah. So speaking of breaking out of a shell, right? Um, this starts with my um the second episode. It had Gladden JKB. That's what he goes by. Um, so he's interesting because he was actually part of the fitness community, and he just recently, um just became like he just started putting his poetry out there so i did read on the last open mic we had with um elio um elijah abram and um it was pretty cool um i want to say pretty cool episode it was pretty cool piece about nightmares of the past so um i'm gonna read another piece where um i'm going to you know like we're introducing who gladden is as a poet um he's still new and um, I'm I'm actually honored and privileged to have met this guy, um, another brother in Christ. So um, so this first piece I'm gonna read because they're very short. Uh, this is called the Rage Within, and it goes like this: Like the hawk, my anger grows. A trigger sets me off. Who knows? I rise. My, I raise my voice, react with force, and cause pain with no remorse. I didn't mean to hurt anyone, but my emotions overflow misunderstood my action seems as violent not just a scream i am only human is true but my anger i must subdue for the loss and regret i feel is not worth the rage that i reveal and that is so relatable because if it's one thing i don't talk about and i think i feel like i have to finally talk about this is i struggle a lot with my emotions i don't really talk about it but I'm going to start talking about it now, I guess. Um, if it's one thing about emotions that I struggle the most is my anger. Um, I had in the past 
really, really bad anger issues. Um, to the point that I have hurt people. I have um, cut, pretty much pushed people away. I have said things. Um, I have done things that I am not proud of when I was angry. And then if you're angry and then you're drinking alcohol, that's even worse because um, back before I came to Christ in 2013, um, that was something I struggled with a lot. Yeah, I did Molly, you know that, but my, like when I drank alcohol, I struggled with alcohol. I was such an alcoholic to the point that I would legitimately um, – I would sometimes be in a park bench just sleeping and, you know, homeless people would like steal my money or whatever the case is. And I just did not care. I would sleep on the train because I didn't want to go home just to have somewhere to sleep. I would sometimes be in my house, but not actually be in my apartment. I would be on the roof sleeping because I, I used to live in the projects and stuff and just pretty much being angry at the world, feeling sorry for myself. And it's just one of those things that like I never met for this to happen but please understand i'm fighting a war inside mm -hmm. me that i don't even understand myself and, and it I was such it. a struggle well I, I, first of all thank you for connecting to that poem in that way where you feel uh vulnerable enough to share that because i definitely felt that in this piece uh the way i even put it in the chat for everybody and please feel free to comment on uh people's work um Send us stuff for towards the end. Tell your friends to join us because we're going to be highlighting a lot of people and we want to showcase so many things also came out this season uh, from our artists, from our writers. But uh, Gladden really showcased what it means to be honest with that rage that is coming from a deep place inside of oneself. Yeah, and yes, and it's funny. It's yeah, and it's funny because it actually ties in with what we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. Um. But one thing, I, one last thing I want to say about um, anger and, and just dealing with emotions. Um, for those who do, like, I've talked about it in the past, in the, in the past episodes, you know, even before Arrival Influence, where I did open up about mental health and how I opened up about, you know, um, having schizotypal personality disorder. Um, I actually wanted to kind of read it only because... Um, I want people to understand what that is exactly because I've talked about it. Uh, hold on, give me one second. I'm sorry, guys. No worries. Um, because I've talked about it. Um, this gets confused a lot with schizophrenia and schizoaffective, and it's so I want to be clear as much as possible. So I'll be um, okay. So schizotypal personality disorder (STPD) or SPD. That's the abbreviation they. Um, they also, yeah, so schizotypal personality disorder is a cluster, a personality disorder. Uh, no, that's not what I, I'm sorry. I'm reading that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. The disorder specific, oh, God, I can't read that. The order specifically as a personality disorder characterized by thought disorder, paranoia, and characteristics from social anxiety, derealization, transit psychosis, and unconventional beliefs. People with this order feel pronounced discomfort in forming and maintaining social connections with other people, primarily due to the belief that other people harbor negative thoughts and views about them, peculiar speech mannerisms, and socially unexpected modes of dress are also characteristics. Schizotypal people act 
react oddly in conversations, not respond or talk to themselves. They frequently interpret situations as being strange, having unusual meaning for them, paranormal and superstitious belief are also common. Schizotypal people usually disagree with the suggestion that their thoughts and behavior are disordered and seek medical attention for depression and anxiety instead. Schizotypal personality disorder occurs approximately 3% of the general population and is more commonly diagnosed in males. That is it. Okay, sorry. That is something I struggle with. I'll tell you why. Because when I was growing up, um, I was not allowed to express emotion. And that was something I was reading about too. Sometimes your surrounding environment plays a factor in that as well. Um, I was always sheltered. So the four walls of my bedroom was the sanctuary, I guess, that I had. So... Um, it wasn't until later on going into college when I had my, I had, uh, I used to go to therapy and my therapist said, oh, well, I don't know if you know, but this is what your diagnosis is. Because I was always told, oh, you have ADHD, you had emotional repulsive disorder, like, but no one was, at, it was always the runaround. And I finally say, oh, like, what do I have? Like, I don't understand the disability thing and all this other stuff. And that's why it was brought to my attention. And little by little, years, years came, I started to really see what this was. Now that I had access to a computer and it wasn't until, and that's why I love, this falls into the next piece now, because as, you know, going to Jandam Sessions Live, into Ink Sessions Live, and we did a, I think the first season, we did a, a, a three-part episode about mental disorder. And, and the first one I did with Zizi Linsky was the one that I finally opened up about it. And that was actually a very hard episode for me to discuss, because that was very hard. I've never, you know, really talked about mental health and it was because of this community that it helped me you guys pretty much helped me be more comfortable with my inner self in that way because I was afraid to tell people I was ashamed to tell people I, I had this mental disorder and I was ashamed like um if you're from New York you have a metro card well I had a disability metro card so every time I would swipe it I was too ashamed to swipe it because I'm like oh what do the cops think I'm stealing this or there was that worry and I remember you know, it's a whole number of things. I don't want to get too much into it. But just that anger of knowing this label and, and all of these things combined with depression and just not knowing who I am and trying to find myself. Um, yeah, so I feel like through this, um, the first episode we did together, you asked me a very interesting question. And I wanted to touch on that. You asked me, do I feel like I found my voice? You said you're still struggling to find your voice. I think you already had your voice. And you're just finally realizing what your voice is. With me, I feel like I finally found my voice through this community. And now I'm going to go in to this piece right here. And it's called I'm Still Trying. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm sorry if I went into this whole tangent, but I just like I had to get that out. Um, I'm still trying. I'm still trying, though this world can be unkind. I won't give up. I won't be crying. I'll keep going with all my mind. I'm trying my best to pass the test, to succeed, to achieve my dreams. I won't settle for anything less. I'll work hard, no matter how it seems. Am I a winner? I have to believe. To become one, to reach my goal, I know I can. I won't be deceived. I'm still striving with, with all my soul. In this cold world, I must be me, true to myself no matter what. 
I'll stay strong and I'll be free and I'll show the world what I've got. No one else believes in me, but that's okay. I've got myself. I'll be who I'm meant to be and I'll succeed with hard work. So I'm still trying. I'm still trying no matter what. I won't give in. I'll keep pushing. I'll keep climbing. And I know that someday I'll win. And yeah. That's incredible. Again, um, for you to say that this gentle, like this, this gentle person that's in our community is just starting to come into poetry, what a way to welcome them. So I, I definitely look forward to having more pieces from Gladden um, at uh, IMGKV um, on Instagram. Again, uh, we're all about each other, all about each other <sighs> celebrating each other because um, that was yeah. Know. That was hard. Sorry. No, I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah, that was kind of so hard. Much. Because again, the the interview right after that, you you spoke pre-recorded with Brianna Marie, and there were some difficult topics that came up during that conversation as well. Do you want to talk about that conversation that you had with her? Yes. Um. Unfortunately, she deactivated her Instagram account, so I mm -hmm. can't even read any of her piece. But I do want to mention her because she was. For this podcast, um, having her on this um, having her going live with her was actually very important for us because in the past, when we were um, trying to arrange it back in the day, it was always something coming up or something always happened, and then she was dealing with some stuff as well. Um, and it was just so much, right? But then when Unraveled Influence took place and made, we made that transition, we made that, you know, to the rebranding. Um, I got you, Denise. I got it. Um, you know, I, um, you know, it was just a, I'm like, yes, we finally got Rhiannon Marie because I've been trying to get her for a long time. And in her words, she says something very powerful in that episode. And I think that was the push that we needed to get to where we're at today. And I can't talk about this podcast without saying this. In her words, she says, we are the unsung, unheard, the unrepresentative. This is America. This is what she said. And when she said that, me and Leon was like, yeah, because there's no one to represent us. There's no one to hear us. There's no one to we can sing too. Because I feel like if I say sing, it doesn't have to be la, la, la. It could be like, like I'm, I'm, my soul is shouting and I'm singing within because I am just, you know, happy. I am sad. I am depressed. I'm good, but I'm going to sing it all out, shout it all out kind of thing. And that episode, I feel like marked the stepping stone to where we're at today. And I think if you look back at all 21 episodes of season four, is exactly that because we had trials and tribulations um like i said earlier um that's why i did the apology first and then we walked in again it's a moment of, this is an episode of reflection um i've had some stuff happen and like i told you like i told everybody i have to protect everyone here i have to protect the artwork i have to protect this part i have to protect you guys because i love you guys with all my heart, and, and that is important to me. Um, I bust my ass for this, and I will not allow anything that we do be tarnished. And that statement that Rihanna and Marie said was the stepping stone, and I knew I was going to face adversity, and I'm actually okay with that. Um, so that's what I want to say about Rihanna and Marie, because that was very important. Her 
And that was episode number three. And mm -hmm. that was important that she was there. Like, I needed her to be there. And um, Rihanna, if you're watching, just know I'm here. If you ever need anything, um, love you to death. Um, let's talk soon. Um, but yeah, um, so now we're going to transition into the next episode, I think. Yeah, so the it was... episode was a pre-recorded one. Um, no, I'm no, sorry, no, the, my notes are wrong. No, it wasn't pre-recorded, no. I, I changed it online, but I forgot to reprint my notes. It was live, and it was you and the incredible Black Widow poet, but we know her best as Gina Carrillo. Um, can you talk about the first, uh, first uh, episode? Yeah, so you know what's interesting about... Out. Yeah, um, it's interesting with um, Gina Carrillo, um, Black Widow poet, because when I first heard of her, this was when I was just starting in the community, and she used to get praised a lot in Poets Anonymous, and she was like, they, I think it was Brian Edwards that introduced it. I said, like, oh, Black Widow poet, and then you know how some, you know how back in the day was, oh, check her out, and then you just automatically just follow, but no one really just. Read, reads. So I was looking through my list, like, who do I want? And I saw her, and I'm like, it was something about Gina. Let me hit this woman up. See what's up. It was something interesting about her. I said, I got to get her on. And oh, no, my, my thing's about to die. That's not cool. Why? Murphy's Law. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, and it was just one of those things like, I got to get this woman on. Yeah. And I'm glad I did because she talked about her battle with cancer. She talked about her book, that book right there um, that you were holding yeah, in your hand. I'll be reading from yes. really soon, really soon, we promise. But yeah. we, there was I, have the e I have the e-book too. Mm -hmm. I have the e-book too, of course. And then um, we, she talked about um, domestic violence. And it's funny because when she talked about domestic violence in my older episode, I've talked about one of my friends, her name was Cynthia, that died from domestic violence. And I had opened up again on Gina's live as well that, um, long story short, me and her had a fallout, um, and it had to do with that guy. And, um, long story short, you know, um, we reconnect. This is what this is during MySpace days. If you look at MySpace now, now it's trash. Now it looks like Dailymotion and Yahoo had a baby. That's what MySpace looks like today. It's, but whatever. And it was during the MySpace days and we had reconnected and I was like, hey, let's meet up. But we never had the chance to meet up. And it's one of those, yeah, when I found out maybe a couple of months later from other friends uh, that she had passed away, um, they said she fell. We, we know that's, I, I know that's bullshit pretty much. Um, it was one of those things that it was eye opener because one day you have something in someone in your life and the next thing like that's gone. And it sucks because when we had a falling out, I, especially me, I said some really bad messed up shit to her that I can never take back. And we were going to talk about it. And the fact that now I'm never going to have that conversation with her, um, you know, I know, and that was it a is what big it is. theme that came out of a lot of Gina Carrillo's work, because I don't know, if you're new to oh, her in the audience. God, getting emotional today. I'm so it's, sorry. Why? I want to talk about uh, Gina for a moment, because she's experienced kind of the same similar experience. She's a widow, and she has uh, grown a lot from her experience. She talked about also, because um, uh, we get to talk to her twice. She was episode four. But also, we had an awesome live recorded episode together, the three of us, um, which ended up being, doo -doo -doo -doo, I have it written down, oh, I have another note, Gina Carrillo, it was episode four and 15. 
So, but by episode 15, I actually drove to Nashville, met this incredible, incredible poet. She got me on the stage and all that. Um, but I want to share something from her right now, from her book, Kaleidoscope. It's called Beginning. Um, Hardly anything is what it seems. You may not know what I mean. Upon your devilish lips, I was lost through your fingertips. How could you understand me so well without me having to tell? I didn't think much of us. What if it was just lust? I finally found out all I needed to know, but how could I still love you so? You make me feel like an angel from above, but if I'm tricked into thinking that you're worthy of my love, why did I agree to be your girl before I knew you or your world? There is so much that could hold me back, but what would I really lack? Yes, now I understand your past, knowing that will we last. Love was once an amazing thing until I found the hurt it could bring. Until I think you can focus on what is right, I won't be next to you at night. After all the stress and pain, there is always a rainbow after the rain. And that's the thing about Gina, about Appalach Widow Poet. And again, if you don't know this woman, you got to follow her. Her story is incredible. This is her first book, Kaleidoscope. She had a, a collaboration. And a third book is coming out um, that you can get through her page as well. But again, through those difficult times, there is going to be something afterward. And I think that's something that is showcased throughout her work. Um, and again, her her presence on stage, Andy, uh, she's taught me you got to know your shit and you better have your shit done and in heart. And, and that they don't play around in Nashville, friends. You, if you are in yeah. Nashville, hit them up, Prodigal Poets. Um, they have a bunch of uh, amazing in-person lives all around that area, not just Nashville, but the neighboring communities. Um, I have one more I'm going to read before I hand you back the mic, and this is called Rainbow oh, Collider. Oh, wait, so you're going to... Okay, oh wait, so you're going to read... I'm going to read this really short one, and then you'll read another one from her. All right, but the first piece, what's the name of the first piece that you I'll read? The name? It's called Beginning. I got it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and this one's called Rainbow Kaleidoscope. Again, this is from her first book. You can get this through her page. Um, this is in the second care package that I still got to send back out because it came back, but I got it. It's going out to our friend that won that care package that uh, has this, and I think another thing from one of our previous uh, guests. But this quick last post, or a piece that I want to read before I know Andy had one. It's called Rainbow Kaleidoscope. And again, I cannot do this as great as she does it because her stage presence is... I, I've learned a lot from watching her for sure. Um, she's got her own sign off. It's super cool. Um, fragments of broken pieces fitting back together beautifully. Authentic self-optimistic views of strength as if the moon gravitating the waves of an inevitable soul. See me for what I am now, original, raw, rare, uncut gem, forged from coal, in the shadows howling the wind takes me, leading me into the unknown. Will the echo be heard? Show your true self, I'll breathe you in, as the sun comes up, brilliant light shining. And again, she's wow. really into the whole kaleidoscope imagery and metaphor. In fact, um, I was, she was so gracious to sign my book, and she talked about, remember, life is like a kaleidoscope. With one turn, everything changes. And sometimes it's for the better, and sometimes, unfortunately, it can be for the worse. And we don't have control over things like that. And um, evolution, there's something called genetic drift, and that's how gene alleles, traits that get passed on to the next generation, how genes can get wiped out from something that we have no control over, like a, a natural disaster or like a person stepping out of a colony in a, of ants. You take those genes out and we have no control over that. Um, but I know you had another piece that you wanted to share from uh, Gina. Yeah. Um, 
it's like after you read that, it's like, oh, okay, like wow, so intrigued. But um, I, it's funny because it's tied into it tied into, you know, love. I love um, she has that love inside of her. Yeah, because she had the piece her. called love. People come up and hug yeah. her. Thank her. Yes. You gotta know her if you don't. Um. All right. So after that, and then we'll transition into the next person within like the next episode that it touched on. Um. So the, the piece I was going to read for her was called Love is Blind, but it's interesting because there's a song by Eve called Love is Blind, and it talks about domestic violence and how her best friend pretty much, you know, you know, passed away kind of thing also. And it's true. So, um, they, it's interesting because, um, yeah, see, now I don't remember where I was going with it, but um, I know it talks about that exact thing too. But I was going to say sometimes when you're blinded by what you want something to be, Rather than what the reality really is, sometimes it becomes, you know, unfortunately, you know, you get into circumstances like that, you know. Um, and that first piece you read by her, you know, but the difference between, let's say, someone like my friend and opposed to her is that she found light at the end of that tunnel. And that was what makes it even more powerful. So this, this one's called Love is Blind. Um, as far as I can see, the meaning of love involved you and me. Love was once a happy thought until I felt the hurt it brought. When my, my heart ached for you, there was nothing I could do. I only heard what I wanted. The rest, I blocked it out. I thought I was in love with the real you, but I was blind. What could I do? You had to be what I desired you to be. You had to live up to the image painted by me. And I think what the best way to describe this piece is if I put it into a different perspective of that, um, sometimes we put things on a pedestal and we want that thing to be something. And it's like, when it's not up to par to what we believe it should be, it, it, disappointment comes in and anger comes in and resentment comes in. And that's how I saw my father for a lot, for so many years too. I wanted him to be, be this guy, this person in my life that it's like, it wasn't until I came to the Lord, like I have talked about it before, and then the last five years, I had that great relationship with him. But those five years were more meaningful in opposed to the other years before that, that it wasn't meaningful, if that makes sense. And um, I think that's why we got to be careful when we love something or someone and we want that to be something to our standards. And if it doesn't fit that, it can get very dangerous. Um, and that's that's how that speaks. That that speaks. That's how that piece spoke to me. Absolutely. So, um, anything I, you wanna, what do you wanna I, add on to it? Again, um, Black Widow, at Black, Black Widow Poet. Again, if you are not following her, you need to. Her stories again, like she really pulls from a real life pain that people, some people are lucky to never experience anything close to that. But also, she is such a bright spirit. Life, she lights up the room. She's incredible. Her presence is known. She is a, um, a hardcore, I would say, goth chick, and she rocks it. And again, she taught me something this year. Uh, one, again, because if you're just joining us, Andy talked about my uh, New Year's Eve post, which is which was why I was guest one and episode one, but. She got me on the stage. I wrote this piece. And again, I won the money that night. Because again, she led the way. So she that money. What to do. I get, listen, I'm not told one 20 bucks. I'm not, I'm not, that's like, I'm going to live and die by that 20 bucks. You know what's funny? 
my older brother's uh, 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 he does um, like financing stuff, and one thing he says to people: don't be funny with your money. It's so funny, like, and then like, uh -oh. yeah. See, you're not being funny with your money; you're oh, saving your money. I'm gonna put like, in a glass case when my career really takes off. From here. Yeah, you know what? My brother Danny, I plug in your thing like whoa. So thank me later. But um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. So what was so great again so this year I was highlighting things that we're trying to do we're trying to showcase people's work people have been so gracious to meet with us and not only allow us to kind of advertise their work as if we are like on the radio trying to blast them because we want that and we want to celebrate artists because she you know she was so gracious she was one of our uh, giveaways and that leads us right into our next she was again episode 4 15 but then episode 5 is really where Andy you invited me to show up it was again. Two That's days. when you actually went live for real for the first time. time, and this is when oh, Arthur J. Wilhelm. And then we um we and he was um so episode five he was announcing that he had recorded his poem with this idea of adding some backtrack to it. Um, and then when we had episode nine, we actually had a second super the album release. Party, yes. So not only was it that he released the same album, but it was a physical copy. And I got to tell you, friends, um, the first 10 went out so quickly. We, we kind of sold out. We kind of did our job, and yeah. it sold out. But I got to tell you, um, the quality of the uh, CD is far superior to um, just listening to it on it like an iMusic, which I had been doing before. So um, when the second round comes out, please be on the lookout for that. You don't want to miss out on this round. Um, and I know he was working on another set of recorded poems too, I believe. Also, yes, and he has um label. You yeah. what were going to say about that? No, no, I was going to say yeah. And I know he's um he just came up with a chat book with two key customs, oh, which we are going to have this Friday. Yes. And I got some more. And this, you know, two that we'll talk about on Friday. Yes. Yes. Um, the flyer will be out. So um, tomorrow, I will have the advertisement for that episode tomorrow. Um, getting ready for Friday. Uh, we're going to have two key customs as a guest. Right, which and they're going to talk about how, how the public yes, is not just authors, yes. but they, they dropped seven poets this time, which is kind of a big drop for them. We'll get kind of how they set up the whole thing. What do they do? Where they come from? And all that good stuff. Highly recommend it. And Again, we're going to be actually going to read from this. I hope that's okay. I did not ask our guest. Yeah, so you read one, and I have a piece I was going to read from yeah, so um, as well. So you that, read from Arthur. I yeah. mention one other thing. Because, again, Arthur was our first, where you had me online for, for the podcast, two-day prep time. And that conversation was super incredible with the three of us, having super duper just, like, he's, like, he opened up a lot. Which about with mental health, which I think relates to one of the poems yes. we're going to read to tonight. And then when we had the live, which was super hilarious, we I drove all the way to meet you up there. Uh, we Arthur never showed for the release party, but it was also another hilarious behind the scenes gap where I spent like forty five minutes setting up my area of the recording room, and it didn't even work, and I couldn't even sit there. I think I pouted the whole rest of the night because I spent like forty five minutes setting up all these streamers for my background because it's gonna look super dope. But it was cool because uh, I think we liked uh, the decor, and it was super awesome. Remember when the remember when the things didn't work. <laughs> Oh God! When the things that oh my God, Gina, we just finished reading you and reflecting oh, on no. you. Oh, 
Uh, when that happens? Gina. Does this mean that Arthur's going to come up after this one? Because I'm going to read from here. I hope this is okay. Again, um, you can get this from this, uh, at AJ Wilhelm. You can get uh, all of the legit goods from there. But this is also, I think, LinkedIn. But it's also from the two Keys Custom folks. You can get this also from them as well. And again, we're talking to them on Friday. Um, the first one, I think, because these are two kind of quick one. And this one relates to kind of our first conversation that we had with him uh, in episode five. Uh, where he opened up about um, some, some uh, mental health stuff and kind of not overcoming it, but seeing kind of the other side and how things came with that. So this one's called the human. Okay. This one's called the human condition is funny like that. These days are lined with so much uncertainty. The colors have seemingly gone dull. No room or time for celebrating at all. Of the roads are dark and unknown, like the path less taken. But what does it mean? Where do we go from here? Allowing ourselves the pitfalls and the desolate twistings and turning of the feelings we have in our guts and dizzied, heads from the blunt blows handed out by life in the rain that's beating down on the quiet ground as we hoped for it to pass, but it doesn't show any signs of slowing down and the heartache doesn't seem to be slowing down. I fell into old habits for the weekend and it made me feel so alone and when I stopped, I still felt alone, dancing with ghosts under candlelight with the slowest songs and bottles of wine. The pills I was prescribed helped me smile through it, but my brain knows why and won't fully commit to the chemicals. The human condition is funny like that. I, I just, wow. Again, I think that kind of connected back to that conversation we had in our first live about, yeah. you know, that, yeah. whole, that whole situation. Um, additionally, yeah, finding, yeah. Um, Arthur and his son joined us a lot through both lives, um, talking about they are kind of the DIY specialists, doing it themselves. Um, uh, again, they put out their own CD. They're going to put out a bunch of other things coming out. We're waiting for those to come down the pipeline. But this last uh, poem from uh, Arthur that I want to share before you hit, hit him up is called Breathing with an Iron Lung. And I think you're going to know exactly what this is if you, if you know Arthur Wilhelm or if you had listened to either the first one or the second one. It talks about how he was a kind of a small house publishing house called um, Iron Lung Press. And I think that we're going to get a really good sentiment of that feeling from this. Um, Breathing with an Iron Lung. I guess I cared more when the mail didn't stop and the basement smelled like ink and warm paper. I guess I cared more when I was ignorant to the fact that vested interest wasn't interest at all. When I was a name, but not my name. When I was just another drunk printing words and it didn't matter if I was going through it. I guess I cared more when I thought people cared about more than making a name and shouting, look at me from the rooftops. I guess I cared more when I was hunched over with bleeding fingertips from punching holes until 3 a.m. with a sweating glass and half-smoked cigarette, when I was naive to think that anyone cared at all. I guess I cared more when people were more like people and less like leeches, trying to suck me dry. There will be no mourning for those nights, and I'm sure as shit don't miss the entitlement that it brought, but I do miss when I thought it mattered. But it didn't, and I didn't. Nobody gave a fuck all when it died, and I don't give fuck all now for it. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it's so interesting the pieces you picked. So far, the pieces we read, they all align to this one subject, just that inner war. 
we have our within ourselves. That's all interesting. Well, again, with this one, it's more of like the hard labor, and there's just no appreciation. But you do it for yeah. the drive and idea. But then because there's no appreciation, you realize why do I even fucking care in the first place? I yeah. do kind of yeah. feel like at times, and I don't want, I don't mean this at all negatively, but it kind of akin to parenting sometimes. Like when you put all of it out, and you just don't get. The respect in real time or even as a teacher sometimes you put a lot of hard work or just again putting your heart and the soul into something and just to have it not be respected is fuck it you know at times no i get you um to lose it too. i was gonna say because I'm, I'm yeah i'm still a new father myself and mm -hmm. um it's all true because you know i have a semi-autistic son and mm -hmm. um that's it's tough. hard that's um that difficult. struggle is real I'm not 24/7 out with him because you know my I'm I'm working I'm the only one working and my wife uh, is the one that um that I pretty much with him 24/7 so I see how stressful it is and it just puts it in perspective like I, I I tell my wife every time I said look I can't I can't do what you do babe like I can't like it's tough. meaning like I, my mental health is just like it's crazy. Can I say um, that as an intervention yeah. specialist, which is, I, I, I have uh, incredible, amazing students who come from all different types of learners, and that definitely includes the amazing students who are on the autism spectrum, but I will say, um, I don't know how a parent really, that is such an incredible thing, you are, you are there all the time, you have to fight for your child, at times if your student is, um, I, I, I try to say student, but if your student is, you know, Nonverbal, you have to actually fight even harder because at times you don't know what's going on. So I, there is nothing more respect for than the parents of students of, of these incredible, incredible people. So um, I know that we're going to talk about um, some other poets that also pull from that experience too. But um, I yeah, so I'm going to, because I, no, yeah, but I was going to say um, that's fine only because I want to make sure I have enough room to read everybody no. else too. So that's fine. Um, no, no, no. I mean, because right after we have the car we're gonna get into it but i just i know that that's gonna come up no i know it's just because i know people are waiting here to read their piece and we will read their piece you know so i want to make Thank sure you. you know that what do you want to do next dude? um because I, I i feel like what you read it was just perfect uh, oh it was God, perfect move on. next um Carlos so Marina was next. yeah so I him he's a very that. interesting person yeah this was no so steak dinner Yes, they, yeah. Oh my God, remember that live the fucking steak? Yes, um, that's how it all started. Um, as far as like on that live when I read one of these pieces live. Um, oh God. So when I first heard of him, met of him, it was through another poet named Kristen Provisano. Um, I had it, she was actually one of the first people I actually had an interview conversation with. And this is when Jam Them Sessions was like the podcast and it was the whole um yeah, I'm still trying to learn what the sound is because I was pretty much using a Chromebook. Um because you couldn't save your lives back in the day. So that's why I did the podcast in the first place where a wire, a aux wire onto the microphone piece, right? Because there was no um, microphone piece on the thing. So I had to order a special USB for that. And I would play the episode here and record it. So if you hear the episode now, you can tell it's very, very, very loud. Um, that's just the way it was recorded, unfortunately, because I was still trying to learn audio and all this other stuff. 
and um yeah so uh but it was a very good conversation because he did touch a lot on mental health um she was the reason i met Carlos medina because she does have a book that was published by Carlos medina's mage soul and um this is her book right here um mage soul was the one that published the book um this is the first this is one of the first books I bought within the poetry community, and then it was Brandon White and everybody else after. And um, yeah, and then I finally met Carlos after three years, and we had we went to this place called Choripan, and we met. Um, yeah, we had steak and beer, and it was freaking delicious. Yeah, that that steak, man, that skirt steak was so freaking delicious. Fucking steak, man. <laughs> so and I remember that that open was it the open mic live? No, it was the the live that we would read in the hashtag is when I talked about it, right? The steak. Yeah, so um, this is a very short one. Uh, he likes to write a lot of quotes and stuff, so I'm going to read it quick. So it says, Each time someone breaks our hearts, there is a part of our hope that vanishes. We don't collect those broken pieces. We simply rebuild from within. Perhaps one day we won't have to worry about a person taking advantage of our love. Maybe, just maybe, that person is in the rebuilding stage as you. That's, That's it, straight incredible. to the point. I know. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, and it all lines. Again, I, yeah, I, and it all lines. It's crazy. Just another one, just a back to back on uh, Carlos Medina, because uh, I, I, such a great one to re listen to. Um, Sometimes it feels like these tears just keep dripping down on a two-sided mirror. Deep down inside, everything hurts, but on the outside, I must be strong for all those that I love. My wounds left open for those that want to explore how it actually feels to live with painful memories, yet building beautiful ones on a daily basis. Every thought that crosses my mind comes with a shadow of a million razor blades, each one cutting deeper as the day goes on. It's an internal battle of who I am by trade against who I know I should become. By now, we should all have figured it out. None of us are perfect. We are all here surviving in our own journey. Again, just, I love how this poet does it so clean, crisp, and quick. I, I can't do it clean, crisp, and quick. But look how, um, but, um, look how, it, but again, look how all these pieces we're reading, they're all aligning with each other. Mm -hmm. of, course, like, of course. We had a season that aligned the stars. You know what I mean? We had CDs drop. We had books come out. And, uh, on the yeah. Phone, that's what we want to keep highlighting, your work and all the incredible stuff. So, again, so we had Carlos Mendina, and then right after that, I joined you back on kind of full-time at this point for 4-7 because um, we did the hashtag Jam the Sessions, which you talked about the history. Um, then we yes. had 4-8 was our open mic, our first open mic ever. Um that was a very interesting yeah, one. Yeah, I sang, surprise sang a song from Princess Fail to open it. And then we had some incredible people drop in. I know um, CC Flow was one. Um, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit because the next one was another pre-recorded one. And I know this person had dropped in. I don't know if they're still with us, but hopefully they still are. Um, and that was with Lois. We had Lois R. Sterling oh. uh, 410, which was a pre-recorded episode. Because CC uh, Flow does come later on in our season. So I don't yeah. want to talk about Lois and highlight Lois because she was our first yeah, one. Yeah, so Lois also, yeah, it's interesting how I met Lois, and mm -hmm. I met her through a number of people. People always posted her work, 
but she was always very popular. And when I first came across her, it was during her, I don't know if you remember, but I remember she used to do poetry binge back mm -hmm. in the day. And every week she would upload these videos of poetry binge. And so then she went live. Um, and it's very interesting how I always kept her like, you know, all like following. And then I don't, oh, she had a post a while back about how we should just learn to love each other, not forget why we're here. This was a way long time ago. It's not the first time she's touched on that topic too, which is funny. Again, I first thing I said, same thing I said in the beginning episode. Um, I mean, the beginning of this episode. It's interesting how we forget why we come here in the first place, why we are in this community in the first place. And then she had touched on again years later, of course. But it was that first interaction that um oh that that and the fact that she had made a post about her daughter being bullied at school and i had sent her a message hey i relate to you and we and that's where it all started and here we are um that interview was very uplifting for me um I, it really put things in perspective about parenting that again i'm still new to parenting it helped me understand my parents better it helped me understand my sister better it helped me understand certain people i knew who are parents better now and now that I have my own kid, um, one thing I could say is that um, one thing about parenting, and I've learned this through my walk with God, I've learned this through my walk of life, I've learned more about myself through my marriage and through my child than I've ever learned in my entire life. And that is profound, it is powerful, and it is insane how you'll learn more about yourself through anything else. And it's, it's just astonishing me it's crazy to think like oh my god like but i do want to read a piece from lois Thorlin. um i have one piece uh let me just look for it real quick oh here it is so where is it okay so it's called in another life so uh um yeah you were the first boy. The universe didn't have to try so hard to make our paths meet. In another life, we grew up together, rode thrift store bikes in the grass. You asked me to prom with a paper fortune teller. In another life, this was the first time I said yes. In another life, I got the corsage. In another life, you wore a black tux with a mulberry tie. I wore a crystal bead gown and we disappeared into Casey and JoJo's all my life. You loved me even though I was a bigger girl and you weren't ashamed. In another life, you hollowed out my melancholy, filled it with your brick and moldtard gaze, field greens in the hazel of your eyes. You guarded me from the terrible. In another life, I tried to remember the shape of the Roshgard splatter you made of my insides the first time you kissed me. I committed to me I committed it to memory. In another life, we were less holy. In another life, I had a relationship with my grandmother. She tells me the, the origin of Gules Isla from her own mouth where she bought the fabric from the simple cotton doll she made that sits in the bottom of mommy's 80s 
dresser drawer. She is not stern with me the way she was with mommy or her other seven children back in the 60s. With me, she is soft. I tell her I wear her namesake with the pride of a girl from the Caribbean. In another life, I get to hug her. In another life, I dare to be different. I make my peace with it. In another life, I let the imagination take the rein. In another life, I think of myself more often. I buy the $15 Dinophobia plant from Target without feeling guilty because I have children and a husband and I'm supposed to come second. In another life, I say it's okay to want things too. In another life, life. I am not a sad impression of a girl. When the universe says, just let her be, I listen. I just, I cannot get over how much I just really love the way Lois writes. Just so soft, but yet it's powerful with the softness. I, it just, it hurts sometimes with the softness. It's so delicate and just so well intricately, yeah. um, uh, well stated. Uh, again, I just wanted to say that I, she was so gracious with her time um, with us. We got to do a oh, episode yeah, in the Hold episode. on. You jinxed it. Arthur just showed up. Are you fucking Come kidding me? Come on. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? That's twice now? Shit, man. That sucks. That's twice. That is twice. All right. Arthur, we just read you. We uh, just highlighted like, your whole fucking career, dude. What the fuck? You know you jinxed it. I you jinxed, jinxed it twice it. already. I know. I mean, Gina, and then Gina showed up right after, and I said what was going to happen. Uh, so, um, just so, so good and delicate with the way she works. Um, so I wanted to pull something from her first book. Um, what I wanted to do first, though, is uh, the fact that if you, you all know Lois, why am I acting like you don't? Um, she currently has four books that you can get right now. Um, you can go through her page on Linktree. Um, but uh, this is the first book that she put out, and it, and she goes through all of the books and how they're all set up in the uh, in the interview, and it was super awesome to get that whole perspective and how she scoped out each book. Um, but this is the first one, Apothecary Bloom. But her second book was Exhale to Flora. Book three was uh, Where Petals Perish. And then uh, book four was Symptoms of a Wallflower. I know she's potentially got something else going under her sleep. Um, but she also is a proud Patreon member. And you can definitely get exclusive content by supporting her on Patreon. And she's found that that has been a good... Um, yes, and you got to listen to the episode with her. And people listen to her episode because she t goes into details on what the tears are. We're not going to yeah. do that. No, no, you just no, have no. to listen. Sorry, guys. No, I know. I'm just a joke. All right, but this is called, um, this is on page 118 again in the first book, Apothecary Bloom. Brain sick, hack, cough. Scratchy throat, thoughts spread like strawberry red marmalade on convex walls stitched together with poison ivy floss. 10 car pile of anxiety, the easy crunch of pricey metal collisions on the verge of panic button pressed and my demons travel in six packs of dark ale off the rail cattail sending sail to my speed bump spine 
held nonchalant saunter to REM sleep, planting seeds of giddy jumps in my bed, startling the Sandman's drowsy mantra, blink once, blink twice, and my memory foam pillow has remembered yesterday's insomnia and exhales it back into my skull. I wonder if people who meditate have peaceful blood flow. Should I sleep with both legs pretzel bent, super glued thumbs and index fingers together? Um, I forgot my tea again, and I always put one sweetener packet, too little in my mug, and I wonder if that's why I wake with good morning tasting so much like salt. And again, I, she does it. She has such a freaking way of like really establishing the mood of how she wants you as the reader or as the um, listener to experience. Um, there's other one other quick little small one. I promise, super small. Um, it's again on 146 um, I, on the same book. I listen to the propaganda of dead fairies. Their rotted wings bother my soul from conscious sleep. Bony hands swatting away at former pixies. Blood turns black, barking in my vein, prodding my eyes towards nature's flood, like red wine spilled on a white rug. The devil tosses trash even in my dreams, terrifying the air with threads of gray. And when I weep, my, blood, my deluge sings flowers back to meaningful sleep. Wow. Lois! L.R. Sterling. You better check her out. She's incredible. She's been here for so long and she's just given me so much to um, reflect on as, as a reader, as a writer, as, you know, a woman, as a mother, as just trying to navigate as a dark, as a happy dark poet, as I think we want to call ourselves, dark poets with bright souls. I don't know who we are, but we got, we got, I really just appreciate that. Um, and right after that, we go into another live, and this is kind of a special episode. 411 is a live episode where actually it's the first time you, myself, and Leon, all three of us on the same screen all at one time, and we, you are interviewing, and we come in interviewing Brandon White at Brandon White Music and Poetry. Um, but is there anything else you wanted to say about Lois before we talked about Brandon White? Because I know. Uh, no, um, it pretty much sums it up. Because um, she's incredible. Yeah. Again, follow each other. We're trying to get your words out. We had such an incredible season. Like we're halfway through the season and already we're highlighting books, albums, um, live performances, the fifth book, you know, coming down the pipeline. Page, like we're highlighting all these things. We want to continue to highlight that stuff. We want to highlight you. So talk about Brandon White. We hate Brandon White because what did Brandon White do? He put out another freaking book. Talk about that. You, you yes, really that a boat list. for the sinking. That's his third book. Um, it was published by um, Raw Earth Inc. Um, it's interesting. I met him through. Uh, um, they don't exist anymore, but they used to be this. Um, po 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 oh my god. Um, there used to be this platform called We Made Something For You, and he was featured on it a while back. It was him and then somebody else, I don't remember who, had to, hey, check out Brandon White. Like, oh, this piece was awesome. You know, and back in the day, that's when they were doing the whole, hey, this piece is awesome. So somehow I came across him a third time, and I just started following him. 
And it's, yeah, what happened? Sorry, I want to say something funny. If we read him and then he shows up after, I, I got, I'm going to throw my pencil across the room. I just want to warn everybody right now. If he shows up after we read him, I don't know if he can tonight because I know he's also a family man and he has to get little kids he's got to get to bed. But um, if he yeah. has to show up after we read him, I'm throwing my pencil across the room. Just everybody be warned. <laughs> but go ahead. Um, oh, my God. So I met him and we've had great interactions. Um, he was writing, you know, he's also a musician. So I do listen to his music on Spotify and, and other platforms as well. Um, it is pretty interesting because the conversations I've had with him, we have a lot in common. We both lost our fathers. Um, we both, you know, he has two kids. I have one child, but, um, you know, we're both married, but like the conversations we have had was so connected in so many ways that like it resonates with each other. And um, I am honored a person to know this man. Um, he's one of those guys you got to shut up and listen and let him talk. Cause when you, when he talks, like you can't miss nothing. Like, and I am, um, yeah. So I'm going to read a piece. Um, it's, um, so it's actually from his book that came out, A Boat for the Sinking. And it's called a line. When the grief lessened, the pen too seemed to run dry, as if the mind has no say in such things, as if it isn't enough to want to create. While the alignment, the poem drips from every surface. When, th when out things are what they seem and nothing more, the word struggle to be free as if forcing their way through thickened bloody missing bits and pieces wow again no a line a line l a l i g n come on what job i still fucked it up it's all right i, I got it now Sorry, Brandon. But, yeah. Do you got another one from Brandon? Because I, I fucked that up. You got a, I know you got another incredible piece from Brandon. Yeah, where is my ki Where is my Kindle? Oh, sorry. I'm trying to find a tripod. sitting on my pencil. I couldn't find it. <laughs> it's under my ass. Guys, I found it, though. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's see. Did he show up? Did he show up? Okay, no. no. Okay, because I, 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 I don't know no. why I feel like I want to. I want you to throw your pencil. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. I, it would be pretty hilarious if we did. Have that, right? I mean, can you just throw the pencil anyway? Cause I just want to see you throw the pencil. Oh, I need to go. I'm taking notes. All right, that's not what they came here to see. Give me another, give me another Brandon. Because again, uh, uh, this is a, he has two books out. Um, he was also no, one of three. Oh, three. Three. Third book. I did. I know. I didn't. I must. I think I must set up two. Third book. My bad. Oh my god, I should have had that written down right. Again, uh, third book. And our friend that we interviewed later was part of that whole situation, putting it together. Because we're going to talk about some publishing coming up. Um, right after Brandon White, we have a, actually two publishers back-to-back. -back. We'll talk about that after you have – what do you have for me Right. Now? So, again, uh, okay. our, uh, our corrections team has come through. Brandon White's third book came out during our sessions uh, this month. And it was a line, which is now corrected in the chat. And what do we got for us now – uh, this one's called Father and Son. They're eating tamales at the table across from me, the father and the son. So many similarities, the way they hold their forks, their posture, the infliction in their voices. The son is enraged, 
the conversation with the father. That's good. He doesn't know how I'd come across this table if he were staring at his goddamn phone. One day he'll be willing to lose a hand to have this moment back. And that is by Brandon White. I mean, again, what an incredible guest. Uh, Brandon talked a lot about his uh, experiences, where his poetry comes from. Uh, again, he also talked about being a musician versus a poet and how the differences with that. Um, that right. was such an right. incredible, cool live. And then right after that, we go into uh, episode 12 and 13. Episode 12, we have the incredible Stephanie Lamb pre-recorded episode. Um, what do you, why don't you, um, we want to go into the stuff Stephanie Lamb episode of the Terra Caribou, but Cece just joined oh, us. Um, if you want to pull Cece yeah. real quick, because Cece, um, um, we uh, met. Uh, she said she could only stick around. Uh huh. But can share. So I'm saying if you want to do the Cece information now, because again, we met Cece during our first open mic ever, which was uh, uh, episode eight. Um, and she was so gracious um, to come in and do a live episode with us, uh, which ended up being the 16th episode. So I don't know if we wanted to highlight that right away, because I know she had a dip real quick because I know she's got stuff going on as well. And I know you just honored somebody else with their time. Um, just, just, okay, there she goes. Yay. So exciting. Um, before uh, Cece says anything, uh, Cece, we have to blast. There's an incredible fire. If you have any business or um, need anything as far as like resume building or, or anything else, like this, this incredible person doesn't just do music, poetry. She does it all, and she's supporting uh, you and everybody else and how people out. So, Cece, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us real quick. How are you? Good. Good. I'm a little bit tired. It's been a busy week, um, Monday, Tuesday, and today, very busy. Um, but I wanted to show support and on uh, really quickly because I just got out of a consult, and now i got to get my child ready for bed and probably take myself to bed too. We have a psychic fair here in San Diego. If anybody's in the San Diego area or SoCal, it's gonna be on the 29th and there's gonna be energy workers, healers who make jewelry such as this, crystals and all sorts of stuff. So that's a big event that I've been working on. It did like 15 flyers, like individualized for each healer. Oh, wow, for each healer? How many do you have coming to this? Or do you know that, that I you mean, get to make we all the flyers? Had, well, we, that's, that's all, like, each reader, like, each mm -hmm. reader, like, whether they do Reiki, Intuitive, Tarot, um, I made them a flyer. It's templated, kind of, so they're all uniform, mm -hmm. but I made them unique to each individual. Oh, wonderful. Oh, wow. And you said that was in the San Diego area? Yes, in San Diego. Um, it'll be uh, at Visions, a place for spiritual practicality, and um, it is in Mission Valley. So if anybody's interested, hit me up, and I'll send the flyer. Oh, wonderful. So they will definitely do that. Um, what else did you have for us tonight that you wanted to share or showcase? Because I know you said you had to get yourself together to bed and all that stuff. I want to honor your time. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Um, thank you for joining us. I, thank you. I yeah. You. I was just like, let me jump on really mm -hmm. quickly. Hold on. My hair is looking super crazy. Um, it's been a, it's been a day. Um, let me just come on. You're fine. I was like, it's all my thoughts. Oh, where did, where'd he go? I don't know where he went. I, I don't know what mm -hmm. happened to Andy. No, my bad. Give me one second. Oh, yeah, yeah, just give me one second. I'm sorry, guys. No I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Yay. Okay. Oh, wait. I was going to show. Uh, wait. Aiden, Mac. Aiden, hand me my. Never mind. Hold on. Because um, I lost my glasses for three weeks. So um, I found them again. Thank God. 
and I was gonna I was gonna show you guys my these beads. Wait a second, Aiden Mac. Aiden Mac, where's your tablet? Can you go get it and go wash your hands in your face now? Because it's time to go to bed. I'm not playing that. Sorry. Ah, uh -uh, boy. This is how it is. This is how the real reality is. That's what Aren't I love about these cute? Place. Oh my gosh, yeah, I love those. Oh wow. Wow. Those are nice. I need something like that. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, well my god sister, she makes some. <laughs> she Tara Flow. Tara Flow. Oh that's right. We uh you uh, talked about all the incredible things that uh happened with Tara Flow um when you spoke with us on our sixteenth episode this season. Uh, but again, we we met you back in season uh, episode eight when you came and you blew us away with an incredible live performance. And you were so gracious to to tell us your whole history and background and share some more of your artwork and literal artwork and your music artwork. And um, what else are you going to be showcasing with us tonight? Um, I was going to share a poem that I wrote. Um, it's called "I Wish I Looked Back As I Walked Away." Here we go. I was waiting for our friend to come back, but I don't know where he went. <laughs> okay, here we go. I wish I looked back as I walked away to see you in pure dismay. Much further in steps I've gained, no longer being conflicted in this addiction because all is forgiving because time induced my pain. I am not as enraged. Well, I'm not okay. I just wish I looked back as I walked away. Temptation has lingered in the state of a purple-pink silver-like haze, only for me to break our eyes' long gaze and to take me back and smile as I walk away. Though it's like I really wanted just one more bite, a small taste, but that's the unhealed part of me that will keep trying to come back. And I understand that the shell I wear is merely just flesh and you never would let me rest, let alone be myself at absolute best, because you were my test, and I damn near left myself into a mess. You thought I'd always be in pain, depression, darkness, because you swiped left on me. I became infuriated with this disease, and I had so much at stake. Now you're the one hanging upside down at the stake with a sharp object locked in place. So let your ooze slip away. I wish I looked back when I walked away. To say bye-bye, chocolate icing and yellow cake. I can't have it my way, and I'll never fit my size threes the same. And I'll be doomed to always... Fitting only poodle skirts and Mary Janes. So from this piece of cake, I say goodbye and smile as I walk away. Oh my gosh, wow. What an incredible piece. Um, what were your thoughts or how did that, because again, um, when you joined us, you talked about your whole creative um, process and how it just flows through you. It's kind of like, you don't even think about it, it flows right through you. So. Um, Talk about that piece real quick before I know you had to, to go, but um, yeah, what were you it's just a, how did that inspiration come through you at that time? Um, that was actually a writing prompt. Um, I believe it was on Mondays. They have mosaic, uh, mosaic Mondays where they do a 10 minute prompt and they give you the prompt and then people just write. And I was waiting to do an in-person poetry slam. So I was like, oh, it's Monday. I forgot. So the, I looked at the, the prompt and stopped it. And so, um, it, I kind of wanted to give something that w w went dark, but has little mm -hmm. subtle, Aiden, that has little subtle hints about, you know, sometimes when we're, Aiden, stop, 
sometimes when we're depressed, we go into these modes of overeating. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, so I I wanted to have like little innuendos in there, like it's a triple entendre essentially of Mm -hmm. like leading you up. Oh, there she goes. She's going dark. Oh, she's going dark. And then you bring it right back with Mm -hmm. goodbye chocolate cake. And so you think I'm talking about a person. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about food addiction. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely I felt that, especially towards the end. I could almost taste it. Like, I wanted to have it. I needed it. I craved it. I a lot of people it. are like, that's a plot Still twist that, if I've ever yeah. heard of one. Oh, I felt it. I could taste it almost. Because, again, I, as for somebody who suffers with that kind of, uh, sometimes that, that emotional fill, that, that deep hole in, in there, you know, I, I felt it. But I, I love that people don't see it at first. Oh, you yeah, yeah, the, they're like, oh, like especially the, the triple, sharp object. Not the double, but the fucking triple entendre. And you're right, it's fucking triple entendre there, for sure. And it's like the, oh the you know, holding, I want you to hang upside down at the stake with the sharp object locked in place. Let your ooze slip away. That's icing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or it's oh, like a molten, like a chocolate molten cake. I could, there's so many things that I, the icing had a cinnamon roll, you know? Oh, That's kind yeah. of like the oozy. I have some in my fridge. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sounds like a good night. Man. I know. I just ate ice cream too. I'm like, <laughs> well, you had a, like a huge uh, event coming up, so you got so many things going on. I mean, it's it. You, of course, you might have just kind of devolved into a little bit of a. And you when know, you work at home, um, you have to remind yourself to eat sometimes. Okay. Like oh, that's my problem sure. is to remind myself to eat sometimes because I'll just be working and I'll be like. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't eat today. And the sun already came up and, like, went down. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. But I just wanted to show love and support. But I got to get little one to sleep because we have a long commute to school every day. Not, like, he doesn't take the bus. I got to take him. And there's traffic and whatnot. So, we got to get up at 530. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, he Um, wants to say hi. Oh, Hi. We love having guests, extra guests. Hi, welcome. Daddy. You, what an incredible no, thing happening. He said, Hearing all these come get me. Words. He said, come get oh, me. No, you got to go to bed, dude. Oh, I got older kids. I'm gone. He said, I'm take gone. him to his grandma's. Oh. You don't like mommy? Oh, oh like, he doesn't look I like mommy. You don't like me? Oh. I like you a lot. You like me a lot? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I like my love and my mommy a lot. Aw, that is so sweet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go read da- No David and get ready for bed. Oh, my gosh. What a perfect book for a perfect evening. He, he well, actually can read. He, he, he reads the book to me now. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I absolutely believe that. Especially, like, the ham he is coming in and... Take me away, and I love you, mommy. He's such a great Yeah, he's very oh, filled with love. He's got that uh, passion uh, for uh, He's a Scorpio. And... Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, again, so, thank you so much. I can't kick you out. Uh, cause, uh, yeah, Andy I'll kick myself that, out. So thank you, everyone. I don't want to kick you out. I, I want to trap you and keep you all night, but <laughs> I won't. So I love, light, and flow, everyone. Oh, oh my gosh. Have a great you one. Well. We'd love to hear from you again later. Oh, my gosh. So if you don't know uh, Flo, CC Flo, she's incredible. You'll have to follow her. She's a musician. She has a song that she um, has actually on iTunes that you can get or even any of, of those things. So um, definitely check her out. So going back to where we were before, we had Stephanie Lamb, who was um, one of our publishers. Uh, she is from the Quilt Keepers Press. Um, I want to read something from her first, Andy, and then I'll let you kind of talk about your uh, how yeah. you know Stephanie, how we brought her to the States. Um, yeah. So she sent to us um, 
perhaps then, and this is from Stephanie Lamb Poetry, um, you are mouthfuls of rain and eyes of rolling thunder, snow-capped emotions, and she loves me not conundrums. And I'm feverish remorse and avalanches of white flags turning red under sarsaparilla skies. I would place dreams on the tales of comments, leaving atmospheric burns across your skin if only we could travel to a time before the flyer fireflies escaped and we trapped lightning in bottles. Perhaps then you can suture the pieces of me that are no longer me and the fragments of you that are separate are flesh from bone and love from lust, cauterizing truth and hope back together. Perhaps then we will collapse breathless and shaking bare and breaking at arrow's feet and claim hearts that beat to the rhythm of forgotten fables. Perhaps then with a shaky hand and haunted heart, I will chop love's martyrdom off at the knees so it can no longer run. And this was sent to us by this incredible poet. But um, not just that, Stephanie uh, Lamb is also part of a publishing house and has, um, again, I have to blast this out to everybody. There is a, po uh, a prompt that you can still submit to the Quote Keepers Trust. I believe it's a hope-inspired poem. And we'll definitely re-echo and resend that out because we want to have um, all people have the opportunity to submit to this uh, an anthology of poem, uh, poets, and again, the theme for that is hope. Um, Andy, are you you ready to come back with us, or or? Uh... Um, yeah, I'm actually having difficulties here. I'm having technical okay. difficulties at no this worries. moment. I might have to just end this live. Um, I'm really, really sorry. Do you want um, me to restart I'm... it so I can just read the piece? Yes, matter of fact. Can you can you restart and then just keep going? Yeah, please. Yeah, okay. Um, no worries. All right, we're back live. And this time, Angela Murray is driving the car. And I don't know. All right, I don't know when it started recording. I don't know when it started being ridiculous. But um, hopefully people will join us um, and me back. That's what I'm worried that it's just gonna be myself talking to myself, but that's no worries. Um, again, thank you to everybody who has joined us in the first hour and a half. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and continue to highlight, kind of go walk through some of the rest of the season. Um, also read some pieces that were sent to us. And I just wanna make sure I sent this back out to people in case they wanted to join us. It's okay if they don't, but again, we had some poets that we still wanted to read from. Okay, so welcome everybody, welcome back. Um, I'm probably going to start off with reading the last poem from the, the end of the first live. Um, so Andy unfortunately had some technical difficulties during it, and, which is no big deal, um, it happens. Uh, this is season five and Angela Murray is on the scene here. Uh, we talked about some stuff uh, in the first part. We went through episodes. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Um, again, I wanted to start off with the live read of the last poem. And of course, I'm going to have a little bit of a technical difficulty without my partner. But that's okay. I'm going to be all right. We are in this together, right? There it is. I'm now in both. Okay, cool, everybody. Welcome. And... Thank you everybody for joining us. We're gonna go through this 
real quickly with the last part of what we need to go through. So um, we talked about the first half of season four in our first live and the second half of season um, four was super awesome. We had Stephanie Lamb, who is from Quill Keeper Press. And additionally, Stephanie Lamb also sent this poem that I wanted to reread. It's called Perhaps Then. Again, you are mouthfuls of rain and eyes of rolling thunder, snow-capped emotions, and she loves me not conundrums, and I'm feverish remorse and avalanches of white flags turning red under sarsaparilla skies. I would place dreams on the tails of comments, comets, leaving atmospheric burns across your skin. If only we could travel to a time before the fireflies escaped and we trapped lightning in bottles. Perhaps then you can suture the pieces of me that are no longer me and the fragments of you that separate our flesh from bone and love from lust, cauterizing truth and hope back together. Perhaps then we will collapse breathless and shaking bare and breaking at arrow's feet and claim hearts that beat to the rhythm of forgotten fables. Perhaps then with a shaky hand and haunted heart, I will chop love's martyrdom off at the knees so it can no longer run. Um, we did end the first live with that, but um, I just wanted to echo it again, um, this piece here, because it was so incredible to have um, Stephanie Lamb on. Uh, the next one, we talked to Tara Caribou. We talked to Kara Caribou. Um, it was a pre-recorded episode, um, firstly, with both Leon and um, Andy. They were together with her. And then... She was so gracious to come back on a second time, and Tara Caribou was able to talk to all of us, myself, Leon, and Andy, and we talked about her um, publishing and the importance of knowing who your publisher is because um, she talked about how important it is to understand how certain books are put together, formatted, because of how um, the Library of Congress is. Um, so we had a few pieces that we wanted to share from her. Um, here is One Last Howl. We have this, um, it's called One Last Howl from Tara Caribou. Again, my partner Andy uh, got a little bit of a technical difficulty situation, so I'm here on my own. Um, if you're not watching now, hopefully you're watching the replay, and thank you again to Tara Caribou who came and talked with us. It's called One Last Howl. Within winter's sigh, a murmur rises on the wind, sparkles glint off the edges of a million snowflakes, compressed and wind blown against the base of birch or within a field's hollow. The murmur becomes a hum and a snowshoe hair lifts up, whiskers twitching, ears on high alert. The hum in turn sheds stealth and becomes a howl. Winter joins in and the howl, now a gale, rages against the impending loss of its icy grip. Days lengthen bit by bit, the hair shivers beside her den's entrance, where lie hidden four tiny kits and a nest of white fur and dry leaves. Riding on winter's final breath, swirl delicate snowflakes, each more beautiful than last. The howl becomes a hum, then a murmur, and then a whisper. And while a tiny field of purple crocuses open yet another morning. And again, just some wonderful work. It's just an incredibly brilliant, well done. Uh, the descriptions here of this nature scene is just, it really 
encapsulates the mood that I think Tara Caribou wants you to have. Uh, again, during uh, the conversation we had, uh, she spoke on the importance of her environment. Her, She's in Alaska, kind of. She said it takes an hour for her to go grocery shopping and uh, if she's gonna go grocery shopping, it's gonna she's gonna go once a month. And uh, with that being said, it's kind of an isolated awesomeness. I I kind of appreciate that. Um, I wanted to talk about it with Andy, but Andy's no longer with me. But uh, because of uh, Tara Caribou's interview, I was very inspired by her, and I took a writer's weekend alone, um, going over like a four day um, four day weekend during uh, the holiday weekend this month. And it was really great to kind of take some time by myself um, to do that. Um, not just that, Tara Caribou has a hand in quite a few other people that we had interviewed um, throughout this. Um, so our four fourteen episode, season four fourteenth episode was with um, another one of our um, friends who had sent some books to us, or I, I have one from a future getaway giveaway and that is Greg Manzini Manzi um, or GM Scrivener um, and I'll definitely type that in just a moment but I wanted to pull up I have his book his second book this is the book he wanted to discuss with us um, that's why we had him on the show and then of course now that Andy's gone I'm not gonna find anything here we go and this is from his first book so welcome if you're just joining us um, I'm Angela Murray. I let the thoughts out going over season four of Unravel Influence. Technically, this is the first episode of season five. And my darling co-host, Andy, he had to drop out for a moment. He was having some technical difficulties. You know that fucking happens when it comes to our show. Um, but if you are just joining us, uh, just a quick recap, because it was such a great start of the season. I was the first episode. He interviewed me. Didn't even know that he wanted to partner with me. Uh, then he had an interview pre-recorded with Gladden at I am GKV. And again, there is a first recorded live where there's some poetry read, uh, read from that wonderful poet who is just coming into the scene. Uh, there was a pre-recorded episode with Rihanna Marie, um, who is no longer with us in the poetry community. Um, they have uh, stepped away. Um, but what they said in the interview and sharing uh, was something that was super important and it ended up um, inspiring some more conversation that came from Gina Carrillo, which we read some from at Black Willow Poet. Um, we had multiple episodes with her. We had multiple episodes with Arthur J. Wilhelm and we talked about all the things that they had published and came out during our lives. And then Carlos Medina, we shared some of his work earlier. Um, Lois R. Sterling, we shared some of her work, and Brandon White poetry we shared in the first live. So getting right to it, we just shared something from Tara Caribou. Tara Caribou has helped publish um, Greg Manzi, or G.M. Manzi, and I hate how it's backwards. I'm going to read a few pieces from his first book, and then I wanted to read uh, a couple quick pieces from his second book. Um, now that Andy's not here, I got all control, so I can read as much or as little as I want. Sorry, everybody. Um, there's two pieces from the first book that I wanted to read. Um, the first one is Cherry, and this is called We Live Like Kings. Actually, I'm going to read this poem second from this book. Uh, this is called Cherry. And again, if you don't know this poet, please join us in following this poet. Um, incredible work here. Cherry. I sit myself up in bed with a giant bowl of ice cream. Three generous scoops of black raspberry, layered with a bountiful serving of ready whip, nuts, and marshmallow topping. 
I ever so slowly spoon massive amounts into my maw and let it melt before gulping it down in delight as I try not to think of the ultrasound picture she sent me earlier. I'm not sure why she thought to show me. I should have said I couldn't care less, but as my tears earlier proved, that would have been a lie. While stuffing my face, I pondered life's bizarre twists and turns, remembering how she was supposed to be my one and only. Destiny. That was the word she used. Her and I were destiny. She say before kissing me sweetly, no matter what, you and I are destiny. All it took to change destiny was another man coming inside of her. Being shown what was growing in her belly was the cherry for the sundae I had just eaten. I bring the bowl to the kitchen sink and rinse it out while shedding another quick tear or two. Ah, well, I think as I dry my eyes and bowl before I throw caution to the wind and go to the freezer for more. So what I really uh, liked about this piece, again, is, is you kind of feel like there's some sort of sweetness with this cherry stuff happening. And then, nope. And what, a, what a horrible twist with the, um, having that sent to somebody that they were pregnant with another person's baby. Kind of crazy to think that that's an experience. Um, now, again, in the interview with our friend, um, Greg Manzi, and it's not funny anymore because I don't have a person to play this off to, but I'll say it when we get into the second book. And then, of course, um, since I'm kind of chatting with myself, please feel free to add some wonderful stuff in the chat if you're here with me. But um, the second poem from his first book, We Live Like Kings, and oh, I wanted to share this. He shared a lot of his um, background, his uh, creative background, and with that, he shared a very hilarious story. As a child, he had used to sit in the front yard with, I believe, a fishing net over him. And he wouldn't say anything, and he wouldn't be singing, and he wouldn't be watching anything, and he wouldn't be listening to anything, but he would just sit under this fishing net staring out into nothing. So we believe a lot of his creative thoughts may have just always been uh, a creative mind. Uh, we have We Live Like Kings, and again, this is the title of the first book, uh, which are, again, Tara Caribou had a hand in publishing. And um, we live like kings. I'm sitting on the porch with my feet up on the railing, having a smoke when the gentlest of summer breezes caresses my face and spirits me away to a life a decade or so ago that I'm ashamed to have forgotten once I had. A life where I lived on the west coast of Florida, St. Petersburg to be precise, and I shared my apartment with my girl, Terry. I swear it never seemed like I had more than 30 bucks to my name until the next two week pay period came. She had even less, but you know, it never felt like a struggle. I made rent every month. We had enough to stay fed and living and somehow we'd have enough left over for decent liquor, smokes, and the occasional night out for dinner. But most of our time was spent on my balcony on clear, cool nights. I'm convinced I just don't exist anywhere else in the world except in West Florida. We have a drink in one hand, usually cheap wine or cheap rum and, rum and Cokes, and a joint if the other, um, in the other that we'd pass between us while laughing about nothing. When we had enough, we'd go inside and make love with the sliding balcony door open so we could feel the soft ocean breeze and maybe a hint of rain coming in from the Gulf. We had both a hair over, we were both a hair over 21. I had 30 bucks to my name, 30 damn dollars. We live like kings, her and I. We never thought we'd be ever be wealthier. Um, 
Again, what a narrative style poem that our friend uh, GM Manzi, um, Greg Manzi, is able to achieve here. Um, he talked about how both the first book, um, Will You Live Like Kings, and his second book that came out this 414 um, is just a collection of poetry that may have been from recent to like when he was like just starting writing early on, like high school, college age kind of stuff. So his collection of work is a collection of work that goes um, in and out and all around. So um, I had a few things I wanted to pull from um, his second book. Um, but with that being said, there was something that I thought was really funny that he had written in the closure of this. Um, uh, okay, um, it talks about about the author G. M. Manzi is an independent author for fun and, and grocery store butcher baby. Okay, that's not his. Okay, this is where I want to start. He still has no plans to take up camping. He is not the recipient of any awards or fellowships, but this doesn't stop him from telling himself every day that the cream always rises eventually. He is the author of We Live Like Kings, and of course, he just published his second book, uh, The Fog in the Midnight Hours. Now, this isn't going to be as funny um, um, for myself, because Andy's not here to laugh along with me, and of course, we don't have Greg along with us, but uh, Greg, you are a winner. You are a recipient of an award. You are our first award winner. Um, you have won this absolute achievement award, and we'll send this to you if you want. Um, in the area, it's it's in the area of poetry and poetry podcast. Greg Manzi, GM Scrivener, um, at for being the first person named Greg to be interviewed by the Andy Morales and Angela Murray on the Unraveled Influence podcast, who has also published two full size and well balanced poetry books. So, um, thank you so much. Um, if you want your award, uh, we will definitely send it to you. Please, hopefully, you watch the replay. Um, you are now an official award winner, and I, you know the one I'll send you will be. Uh, better printed out. Um, here we go. So um, two poems I wanted to pull out of this one. The first poem surprises me and the second poem surprises me, but then totally different ways. So um, if you're watching now or in the uh, replay, I hope you um, enjoy getting a surprise along the way along as I do. Um, so the first one from the second book real quickly is Morphine Drip. Um, I don't have time for this. The words echo cold and sharp in his mind, a dagger to the heart that both numbed and nauseated him. I don't have time for this. This is what she, his friend, had told him late at night when needing just a little time for a helping hand. He had told her in a moment of self-pity and despair that he wished his heart would beat slower and slower until it stopped that night. He didn't mean it, but damn it, he needed a hand, a shoulder, a friend, someone to give a damn for all of 10 minutes. I don't have time for this. Annoyance was what he got instead. Rage came to him, blinding in its intensity. Attention whore, fat ass bitch, indifferent slut, selfish cunt. Then he heard the dial tone on the other end, and he felt a complete and total numbness. The morphine drip of a dying man. I don't have time for this, he said aloud to himself before he laughed and cried and laughed and cried and laughed and, and that's how it ends. And when I say this one surprised me, it's, it surprised me how he's able to really create that uncomfortable ending, that uncomfortable situation, this uncomfortable ending. He's laughing, he's crying, he's laughing, he's crying, and there's no resolution officially in the poem. You kind of have to have your own resolution yourself. 
Um, and that's just something that's very difficult for me. I want resolution immediately. Otherwise, if I don't know what's going to happen, I will think of every single possibility that could happen. And I wanted to pull the other one. Where is it? It was the one right after. Mm, no. Sorry, I should have had this ready. All right, so I have another one. This is not what was supposed to happen. Andy was supposed to be here with me. I read Pig Roast in the last one. All right, here we go. Another one from here. <clears throat> Capital G. And welcome, everybody. Just reading a few poems from guests that we've had on season four of Unreal Influence. Um, my co-host, Andy Morales, had some technical difficulties and had to stop out. I'm reading from the second book real quick, the last poem from uh, uh, GM Scrivener. And we'll make sure in the caption, all the people that have been read and their pieces will be quoted correctly. Uh, Capital G. I had a hunch I'd have to say goodbye to you someday, a real sad, solid goodbye, the sort of goodbye that doesn't mean see you later or until next time, the sort of goodbye that means goodbye, capital G and all, the sort of goodbye reserved for those doomed from the start, with the September sun shining and a slight breeze to make this already crisp morning even cooler. This seems like a good, as good a day as any to get that over and done with. I should be able to live with that easy after the tears are shed and the curses are shouted. So again, um, there is such an incredible way from this book. There's a lot of different um, narrative style, short style. Um, this Okay, I'm sorry. I, I got to laugh myself. I could do this because I get this. And then I think we just had some Braden Michaels and Robert Charbonneau that I wanted to cover real quick. Um, I like this one too, Zig rather than Zag because it kind of reminds me of Dr. Seuss. Um, if there's one thing I want you to take away about me when all of this said and done, it's this. That despite every dumb thing I've ever done, every bad decision made, every chance blown and opportunity wasted, every person I upset, hurt, let down, disappointed, and made curse having had known me, every time I zigged rather than zagged and ducked when I should have looked, I was just trying like hell to do the right thing, right by me, right by you, right by everyone I know and knew. Even if it doesn't look like I did, I was. I promise I tried like hell. I tried my best. When I knew it would never be enough, and when I knew it might cost me dearly, I damn well tried my best. There wasn't any other choice. Um, so again, we spoke with at GM Scrivener, Greg Manzi, GM Manzi. Uh, we have some books from him to give away in an upcoming episode. Um, so again, we had then Gina Carilla part two, which we talked about in part one. We had CC Flo who joined us at the very end of uh, part one of our live. Um, then there was a live episode that had Kale Salas, who was a model slash uh, finalist for uh, uh, beauty pageants. Um, and we talked about how this podcast uh, continued on to not just um, poetry, but how art and different things can be uh, fuel for this. Um, the 418 was the part two with Tara Caribou, which we talked about, but I think, you know, again, I'm by myself for a minute. I'm going to read one more thing from Tara. I hope that's okay. I'm going to read one more thing from her, um, that we have here on her page. In a world of sticks and stones, wet and cold, wild, unattainable, unreachable, yet available, always ready, teachable moments. A strand of bull keeps lies helpless on the sand, a gull stern look, 
37 king salmon circling in the fish wheel. We release 25 and give thanks. A mossy trail weaves become lost, reappears again beyond the brick and lichen covered old growth branches cast, dappled shadows over broad leaves and miniature flower gardens, mushroom sigh, primal wisdom. Listening in the melody, the vibrations of life itself, pluck our heart strings and we sing one, a piece apart, the entirety of the realm created just for you, for me, our children bloom. So again, that was just another piece from Tara Caribou. Um, if you're just joining us, we were kind of going through season four, just highlighting some uh, of our guests. Um, so we're heading towards the end of the season where we have episode 419, which was a live episode, which was kind of similar like this. Um, Andy had a situation where he got hung up at work and I was kind of on the task to drive the car myself. We call whoever's running the live, uh, who's is driving the live. Um, Andy was driving the live earlier tonight, but had some technical difficulties. So if, if you are just joining us, please uh, check out the replay when we had my co-host with us. Um, so um, we had a piece sent to us by Brandon, Brayden Michael, I'm sorry, Brayden Michaels. Um, his book uh, is coming out um, in a couple of days. I think it's on the 24th or 25th of this month, which is actually the anniversary of his first book coming in. Um, his sixth book is going to be a collection of all of his previous collections of work. And if you haven't checked out the episode, please do, because we walk through all of the collections, all of his books. Um, I should do the right thing. Let's do the right thing. Let's head over there real quickly, because I want to talk about this incredible uh, author as well, because he was so gracious as to share his history and um, his creative process. Um, again, his sixth book, sixth book is coming out, also being published um, by another one of our guests here at Tara Caribou. Um, his first book is The Raven's Poison. Um, Stella Walker's Acquaintances is the second book. Third book is Unpaved Crossroads. His fourth book is Growl from the Sun. His fifth book is For You Love Always. And in our uh, interview uh, where I'm driving the car and he's gracious as to let me uh, just berate him with questions. Uh, he talks about how each one of those collections is very specific to uh, a feeling, a genre, and the creation. Um, however, the sixth book that's coming out again, I think next week, um, will be highlighting collections from a bunch of these. So one he sent to me that I wanted to share with us tonight and I want to make sure I have the right title here for everybody. Because it is such a great piece that he has sent me and I want to make sure I honor correctly. It's called Sentiments, Sentiments of Baker Street. And this is Brayden Michaels at Brayden underscore Michaels underscore author. And again, we'll make sure everybody's handle and names and information is appropriately um included in the caption on when we wrap this whole thing up. All right, so again, Sentiments of Baker Street. And this is Braden Michaels, author. Distraught and clutching onto pieces, staring into the incoherent past, wandering down Baker Street with heaviness, overlooking the restless water at Vera Creek, caught between the isolation and jitters, wounds reopen after a silent decade, Discussions flickering inside the storm between the rapid sting and the convulsions. Sorrow stretches across my empty face, turning the knob of the morning bird cafe. 
Recognizing the clock on his face, standing up to see arms spread wide, an overwhelming hug fills the air, bond between a flower-like daughter and a run-down tin can of a father. Apologies and regrets tossed into the burning azure, capturing the sentiments and affection. And that is an excerpt from The Unpaved Crossroads. Um, I wanted to go ahead and give our author one more. Um, this is another one that has recently posted. It's called Scent of Lavender. Um, I fell asleep as a skeptic and woke up as an optimist. Simply tongue-tied, staring out the window of Crossfire Road, recognizing the grace rather than ugliness in my existence. I embraced my stains, quirky mannerisms, and offbeat humor. I used to glare at my doubt and scream at my shaking obscurity, questioning the colors of my canvas, the poetry from the depths of my startled soul, a jaded point of view with an alluring fragrance, feeling like a disorder, disconnected from the mass, judgments over my head, friction on my shoulder. The moment I kissed you goodnight, I saw my reflection. Bliss drizzled down my throat and the emptiness evaporated. Love was a scent of lavender. Love was a sense of lavender lifting my spirit and the landscape altered my perception. Um, so that was, again, just another, it was a recent post by um, Braden Michaels. And again, that was episode 19 um, where uh, he shared how he created all five of his books. And of course, we are broadcasting, celebrating and promoting the fact that his sixth book is coming out next week on the 24th might be the 25th. I'll double check that and I'll make sure that's correct when I uh, blast that out. But I know I'll definitely be getting a copy because again, if you're new to Braden Michaels, uh, aka at Braden Michaels uh, author, uh, that sixth book is going to be uh, a collection uh, collection of that. Um, the last thing that we had, we had our last week, we had a conversation with Robert Charbonneau. We talked about whether or not poetry is dead. Um, it was an incredible conversation with that incredible guest because uh, he came to us as an English teacher. He's from um, the Southwest, I think uh, somewhere in Nevada area. And he is really a true academic, a study of uh, the art form. And I had two pieces. It's called Wayfinding One and Wayfinding Two, both from our dear friend, uh, Robert Charbonneau. Uh, who, again, please check out all of his conversations and his op-ed piece that, that talks about that topic, whether or not poetry is dead. Wayfinding One. The perilous voyage he makes each night, the child put to bed, falling asleep on his own. Imagination threatens with tales of clashing rocks, and he's not yet figured out the harbor of his soul. Huge forms that do not move like living men, that were to Wordsworth the trouble of his dreams. They warned him from the stillness of the glen ever since he stole the skiff found tied to a willow tree. What he had hoped to regain by calling on memory, mother of nine muses, to retrace the thought back to original childhood. But what to make again the perilous voyage to relearn the lesson taught. Each night the child braves the darkness of his sleep, watching the dark forms gliding on the deep. And again, that is Wayfinding One from our guest from episode 20, Robert Charbonneau. Then we have Wayfinding Two. The dragon was my snoring midday from a further, farther room. The zombie was your mom. 
you awoke at three in the morning. The basilisk was our gaze when you did something wrong. The banshees were us having a spat about the dishwashing. The sword that slayed the beast that childhood had only imagined. Take it as you set off on your own. Monsters fiercer and fouler within stalk the shadows of a grown-up soul. Have courage, take heart, begin. Robert Charbonneau, a true, true, high-quality, intricate-level um, poet. Uh, and again, if you have not checked out that work, we definitely want you to make sure you check that out. He said also um, when he interviewed with us that he is looking towards um, actually uh, working in a full-length, long-scale version of a narrative epic-style poem. Um, there was one other friend that we had listed as far as people that we wanted to take care of tonight, and I believe it was Cats. I like Cats. Um, Cats, I Like Cats was our first volunteer on our first open mic, which was episode eight. Um, also our first giveaway winner. Um, and I wanted to share this piece from her tonight. She shines a lot brighter than I do. I have more of a soft dog, dog glow. Her fire burns chaotic and fast and mine burns steadily and slow. She is the epitome of beauty, something I could never hold a candle to. Honestly, she is a treasure while I have lost my value. She is whole and she is complete. I am broken and half of us I used to be. She has it all, she is perfect, and I am littered with flaws. It is a competition she wins because I am a lost cause. She is everything that I am not and so much more, but she does not love you as much as I do, and she'll probably never will. Yet she is the one you will always want and I am the one you never will. You wish that I could be her and honestly I do too. Not only would you love me, but I would also no longer love you. And again, we have so many incredible poets um, that are in our community. Um, I have one more from Cats I Like Cats, but uh, what I really appreciate about her page is that she does a lot of spokens and that's something that I would like to, as I'm reading poetry, I would like to do more where I'm memorizing and actually performing my own pieces. I think that's something that I definitely want to work on. I hope we'll hear from you guys also what kind of goals you'll have this year because um, no more shitty years. It's still a pretty shitty year, but I, I can't let it be a shitty year, and I hope you all are not letting it be a shitty year either. So again, another one from our friend um, Tanya Bayer, who our first winner, our first open mic on episode four, eight um, participant. Uh, we want to showcase her work also. Society scans with me. Society scans me with label making eyes, and then it marks me down half price. It makes me, it places me on a shelf off to the side where all the other damaged goods reside. Society tells me that I'm defective. My whole life I have been rejected because I cannot keep up with the collective. I have waited so long to be selected but I am stuck on this clearance rack where people only come to point and laugh. As time goes by, I collected more cracks, but maybe my saving grace will be that I am thrown in the trash, along with people who are just like me and together we will build our own society, one where we can just simply be. And that is again from our amazing uh, poet, uh, Cats I Like Cats, uh, Tanya Bear. So um, I have been given direct instruction to pretty much get ready to end the live. And as I do that, I just want to say one last thing. Um, I'm going to read one last thing. 
Um, and that is this, is that, um, oh my God, no way, Andrew, you not Robert Charbonneau, I just read you, God damn it, you're the third person. Oh my God, it happened again. It happened again. <laughs> Actually, I can do this. I can do this. Uh, I hope it's okay, Andy. Um, I hope it's okay. Andy, if you feel like you are up to joining me again for just a minute, I would love for you to. Uh, but if you're just joining us or if you're watching the replay, there was a first half and we read Gina Carilla and then Gina Carilla showed up. We read Arthur and then Arthur showed up. And now I did, I just finished Robert Charbonneau, like just a poet before you and then here you are. It's just, it's part of it. It's perfect. Um, cause there is one more piece I can read real quickly cause, uh, we had some technical difficulties. So no, I, uh, Andy was driving before, but now I'm driving the car. Um, and so, um, if you do catch the replay for part two, um, however we're going to put it, I just, uh, read wayfinding one, wayfinding two. Um, and so now I have, um, again, another one from you. Um, this here has a new, I don't have the, uh, the instruction here, but. Every kind of character in life we need, like every ecosystem, it's several species. The vitality makes its habitat livable. It breeds a stability beyond our efforts to engineer it ourselves or to know. The ignorance engenders the harmony and through our nature wants to scratch the itch to know whether one is predator or prey or pest, we ought not to be aware of the relationship or else we risk knocking it all out of balance. And isn't it that what's beauty's for? To entice and distract long enough to brave the flower across the glittering stream, to fall in love and to keep the whole thing going. Um, again, Robert Charbonneau, he joined us for episode, it was episode 20 where we discussed whether or not poetry is alive. And um, with the third piece I just read from Robert Charbonneau, I can surely tell you poetry still is well and alive because of our times that we were able to spend here together. Um, I obviously picked this piece because when we spoke with Robert Charbonneau, he talked about his ELA teachings over there, and I talked about my biology teachings over here in the great state of Ohio. And of course, as a biology teacher, I just found so many biological deliciousness that I just was super pulled to this piece. Um, I hope you get a chance to hear your ver uh, my version of honoring your words, wayward one, wayward two, um, in the replay if possible. Um, I did get told to end the live, so I was going to wrap everything up real nicely, but I had to because, again, third time's a charm. Our third person showed up after reading, but that's how it goes. I think that's how it is when you do things like this. People just don't always line up right as it is, but it just makes for good story time talking. So, um... Today's uh, Wednesday episode was kind of, oh no, thank you, Robert, for joining us and be participating in an incredible, intellectual, awesome conversation that I still have students uh, pulling me aside and, and wanting to ask more about. So I cannot be more grateful because this whole experience could not be done without our incredible guests. And um, again, the credo, the mantra, the message that we have here at Unraveled Influence is that we want to promote and showcase the work that our people in all across the globe are doing as far as reading, writing, performing their artwork. We've had uh, musicians perform. We're gonna have more musicians perform as we move on to season five. Um, again, I have to thank all of our guests that joined us for season four. Um, 
me. Um, Gladden at IMGKV. We had Rayanna Marie, Gina Carrillo twice, Arthur Wilhelm twice, Carlos Medina. Um, we did a couple of Jam Them sessions, so we reviewed a lot of poets then. We had our first open mic where um, Tanya Bear, I, uh, Cats, I Like Cats, came on as our first uh, volunteer. We also had people from Australia and um, India join us during that open mic. Again, we also had Lois R. Sterling as a guest during season four, Brandon White, Stephanie Lamb, Tara Caribou came on twice, Greg Manzi, uh, CC Flo, who we met also during the open mic, uh, Kay Salas, who talked about her experience in the beauty pageant and, and kind of the mental mindset that it takes. Um, beautiful. Um, we are, I unfortunately have to end this slide, but we would love for you to send us something and we'll definitely showcase and have you join us on our open mic. So Luscious Beauty Creation, will you join us this Friday? Well, this Friday we have an open mic scheduled from the 10 uh, plus hour Eastern Standard Time. That's a perfect, thank you for joining us because uh, uh, we're ending the live tonight. We were just wrapping up season four. Season five starting tonight. On Friday, we have an interview from Two, Keys, two Key Customs who is a... Uh, who have put out a bunch of chat books. Um, there's two, this is a third person. They just dropped six books. We're gonna be interviewing them from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then at 10 o'clock, we'll have an open mic where definitely we'll have you come on, join the mic if you can read your work. Um, if you have any friends that are poets that wanna join us, please let them know. Tell your community to join our community because we wanna blast this all the way through. Um, if you cannot, or you know people who cannot be there, have them DM pieces to us either at, at Let the Thoughts Out, which is that's me, Angela Murray, or you can always DM at Unraveled underscore Influence, which is the main platform. And of course, at the Andy Morales is also uh, my major co-host. Um, so I wanted to say a few things real quickly to wrap up, because uh, season, uh, season four is really season one for me. And while I was not maybe a full live participant, I kicked off season four with the first episode, and I was live starting with episode five. And again, the mantra is that we want to share poetry and show the work and especially our DIYers or how can we get you to do what you want to do and put that stuff out there. My mission this year is to do this. I've met Gina Carrillo, who showed me how to do a live mic, and I'm going to continue to do that. I met my co-host, the Andy Morales, where we're continuing to do this podcast. Uh, but there is definitely something I want to reflect on and we know that if you joined me at the beginning, and now I have absolutely gotten better with this, but I definitely need to um, keep my um, ears open more and the, ear, and the mouth shut. So I just wanted to end this with a piece that I had put out recently that just I think reflects my reflection for next uh, season five and how to do a better job with that. And this is a piece by At Let the Thoughts Out, um, and I'm ending live with this. I'm sorry. This is what happens when I have no co-host. All right. At times been locked in or away so tightly, tapped into an impossible illusion. Walking through a smoke-filled fog, I've convinced myself invisible, unscathed because born talented. Even as I continue to walk across our old kitchen floor, which has been left uncared for and uncovered with shattered glass, and yet other various sharp objects, and yet, again, here I come through, running in barefoot and blindfolded, as if I can do this special since special finding out that all of this my false sense of confidence has been misconstrued and sold out as an asshole arrogance along with all other horrible habits which turn fresh sour since the truth always seems to get twisted into something worse with the warping there's a painful tightening rings my neck 
choking out any of my hopes of finally getting out, forget it. Should have been more awake to the truth I've kept hidden for years. And like all things in this world, everything is and will always be for nothing. Since it's incredibly hard to hear anything, especially now, not anymore. Forgetting to stop to breathe since I don't remember the last time I had taken the time to stop. Everyone's right. However, bear in mind and please forgive me. Since I am such a horrible listener, I can't even remember to stop and listen to myself. So again, um, thank you everyone who's joined us throughout before season four. Now, um, future family to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we want to hear from you. So that's kind of the, I want to stop and listen. We want to stop and hear from you. So good night and thank you. And again, Andy joined us for the first half, had some technical difficulties, and we'll see you next time. See you on Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern at Two Key Customs interview and then open mic starting at 10 p.m. Join us for both and we can't wait to have you on then.